Hello my beauties, it's Chappie the British Butler and it's two fat ladies today. Uh, I'm not talking about myself or uh, my possible doppelganger alter ego, uh, but uh, it's here, it's two fat ladies, number 88. Number 88, and I promise you, uh, the, uh, the, the, the fat butler will be singing today. Uh, I wouldn't call myself fat, I mean sort of handsomely rugged with a little bit of an overhang, you might say. And uh, it's Friday, it's Friday in our lives once again, and I, I do find the juices flowing a little bit more readily on a Friday. Um, the, the, I mean, talk about the creative juices of flowing more lovely darlings uh, and, uh, and, and everything comes to comes to be so I, I you know I have I know that people get writer's block you know writer's block is a is a common common or garden type of situation when it comes to uh, uh, writing scribing whatever you want to call it but I do get a sort of a creative podcast block sometimes and uh, I mean all, all this nonsense doesn't come from the ether i mean it's i i don't uh, i don't stick a probe under water and uh, and uh, and pull up uh, pull up these gems so to speak uh, it, it does it does come to me uh, at the oddest times sometimes in sleep sometimes walking the dogs uh you know sometimes post-coital uh, who knows i mean it, it happens at the oddest times so i always have to have a notebook handy and I and I like to write in a fountain pen. So I, I you know, I, trying to practice my calligraphy. My handwriting does look like uh, a doctor's crawl all over the page, or possibly a spider. And um, that that's that's what my handwriting does uh, does resemble. But I do have a notebook right by the bed, ready to uh, ready to take down anything that comes to my mind, any bright sparks, any light bulbs going off. And uh, that's what I uh, that's what I tend to do. But here we are again, 88, keep calm, cauliflower cheese, and uh, it's lovely to be here. It's, it's, a, it's a rather uh, spring-slash-summer day here. The uh, smoky Canadian fires are, are coming. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's why it's so hazy. Maybe it'll burn off later, uh, but I do have the joys. You know spring has come when the gardeners are coming here, when Oliver the gardener is appearing and he's riling up my dogs and I cannot record a podcast because I have barking dogs through the whole podcast. And that's exactly what's happening. Oliver has uh, arrived and he's there with his strimming tools. He's there. He's trimming the bushes. He's uh, sowing the seeds, um, you know, doing everything he needs to do to make the grass look lovely. I mean, his bushes are looking magnificent, uh, bushy, delightful. Uh, springing new blossoms. I mean, it's 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 rather lovely, and um, and uh, and that's what uh, Oliver's here to do. But he does rile up the hounds. He riles up the hounds on a Friday in the summer, and uh, I'm sort of constantly recording between dogs barking and lawnmowers going around. So I'm trying, you know, a little bit of golf in the background downstairs with the dogs. Uh, my dryer going. The dry is going to be a big part of the podcast over the next couple of days, and uh, that—that's what we've—we've we've got going on. Trying to calm the hounds, keep them at bay uh, for the hour of the podcast. So first, Oliver comes with a strimmer, and then he comes with his little ride-on lawnmower, and it drives the dogs wild. Drives them wild, wild. The wild hounds, wild hounds like to bark. On a Friday morning, interrupting the podcast. There we go. 
now I'm now putting that on, I feel like a little bit of Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, so, welcome. Make yourself comfortable. Whatever your best Friday chair is, or, you know, maybe you're still uh, slumped under the covers, you know, not letting the light in, shifting it over your eyes and keeping warm under those blankets, and you have a chance to lie in on a Friday. That sounds rather wonderful. But I bet you don't have any dogs who are barking and scratching and sniffing and you know doing all those sort of things that dogs do in the morning to try to get you up to take them for a walk that's uh, that's the story of my life life that is the essence that is the fabric that is the tapestry of my life and um and here we have oliver the gardener you know i mean he really is some sort of adonis with some sort of old school tie maybe an east coast boarding school tie and uh, it's tied around his waist, keeping up his trousers. Uh, you know, he's got a pair of uh, khaki trousers. I can't say that still. Chinos, let's say chinos. Holding up the pantaloons and a little seersucker shirt on. And he's, uh, he's bronzed and tanned. I mean, he would make any desperate housewife very happy. And that's what I'm sort of hoping, that he finds, that he finds himself a housewife on this Sunday, uh, maybe not Sunday, but maybe Friday, where he can, um, you know, take a few hours off that allows me to record the editions of the podcast. Um, that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm hoping. But we uh, we shall see. I mean, I need to find the neighbourhood's Lady Chatterley to uh, to keep Oliver occupied. As long as Sir Clifford is at work, uh, you know, we can find ourselves a Lady Shatterley who can, uh, who can hopefully keep, uh, keep young Oliver going for a few hours here. And it took me back. I mean, I do like a little bit of uh, D.H. Lawrence. And it, and it made, me, made me think of uh, maybe the, the consummation scene. The keeper squatting beside her was also watching with an amused face the bold little bird in her hands. Suddenly, he saw a tear fall onto her wrist and he stood up and stood away, moving to the other coop. For suddenly he was aware of the old flame shooting and leaping up his loins that he had hoped was uh, quintessent forever. He fought against it, turning his back on her, but he leapt, leapt downwards, circling in his knees. Here we go. So we're going to have a podcast uh, scattered with excerpts from Lady Shatley's lover, the lovely D.H. Lawrence. And, and I mean, I think in, in, uh, in memorandum, uh, in celebration of D.H. Lawrence, I think I, uh, I, should, uh, I should dress as a sultan today. Um, I think that's exactly what I need to do. So I look like I'm going to be Lawrence Arabia in the desert. And, uh, and, and maybe a long handkerchief with a band around it, holding it to my head. That is what I'm going to do to keep the sun off my head and keep me very focused on all things podcast for the next hour. That's what I'm going to do. It's, it's going to be a, like a Lawrence of Arabia tribute, a D.H. Lawrence tribute with uh, scatterings of a little bit of lovemaking prose and maybe some lovemaking music too. I mean, we are getting around to what's on the show. I mean, it, it takes sometimes it takes an aeon. Sometimes I slip into like a, a space wormhole 
and I can't get out of it, and I forget to tell you what's going on. So uh, we have more suburban crimes, or what the suburbans like to see as crimes. Maybe a turtle in the green belt, rhubarb. Uh, we have a new feature, the wider woke club. More to explain later. And again, these could be scattered across the podcast today or tomorrow, or maybe in the future. The Anglo Antigarch is being reopened again on this week of the podcast. Uh, also, um, how a dog leash around the waist, I think, may help my uh, physical condition. Uh, and the wonders, the, the fluffy wonders of something mostly delicious that I wish we'd all be making during lockdown. But suddenly it's appeared to me. And it's a, a slightly different spin on a, on a classic. But it makes it so much better. We'll be talking about that later. Uh, how I like dressing gowns. Uh, how I like foraging for spring petals. Um, we uh, also, uh, the, re- the pre- replacement, I think, for um, bananas and custard. One of my favorite like childhood uh, sweet treats and puddings and desserts. The best way to wake up in the morning. Uh, the problem with the hairy back in the pool season. Uh, subliminal, if not so subliminal, messages uh, etched in uh, etched in chalk. Uh, sports banter, uh, a shamrock on top of my coffee. Why cheese is the essence of everything. Why it is really, I mean, it should be one of the wonders of the world. Forget the hanging baskets of Babylon. Forget the, forget the Colossus of Rhodes. Forget anything in the Pantheon. Cheese is the key. And as, I, as my Twitter handle, at keep cheese, keep cheese. Do not ever, fr- you can throw stuff out, you can Marie Condor everything, but always keep cheese. Uh, we have more educations and etiquette. Uh, why do everybody in line of duty call everybody mate? Mate. Um, so that's what we have. That's our, uh, plus, you know, the, the naughty giant nobles sort of etched in chalk in the UK, the Cernabas, um, is giant trousers for a laugh. That will also be possibly making appearance. If, if the show's big enough to have the Cernabas man. But he's a big guy etched in chalk with an incredibly large appendage. Uh, this is a show for big things. Big personalities, big slices of cheese, big recipes, big jazzy, flingy backgrounds. Everything is large and in charge today on the podcast. And, uh, and every week. Oliver's doing his rounds again. We may have barking dogs. We need to. We need a force field. We need to. We almost need something. Um, it's like a kryptonite for Superman to keep these dogs from barking to stop Oliver from interrupting this podcast. Oliver the gardener. And there he goes, his chiselled cheeks going around on the lawnmower. Tan bronzed Adonis. I mean, he, he looks like he should be on the Malafi coast uh, or, you know, probably the south of France. He could be in Monaco this weekend watching the Grand Prix. This is, you know, the incredibly handsome gardener. And we need to set him up with a housewife. Oliver needs a Lady Chatterley. I mean, that's what we need. Oliver does need a Lady Chatterley. He turned to look at her. She was kneeling and holding her two hands slowly forward, blindly, so that the chicken should run in to the mother hen again. 
and there was something so mute and forlorn in her. Compassion flamed in her his bowels for her. I don't know if I'd want passion in my bowels. I mean, that sounds like a sort of Vindaloo on a Friday night or something along those lines. But there we go. We're trying to we're trying to get Oliver away from the house, so my dogs don't go nuts over the course of the next hour. But uh, anybody, I don't know if anybody's got BritBox. Tremendous uh, British uh, TV shows, ITV, BBC shows. Have it in the UK, also have it in the US. And they've just put on the BritBox the uh, new series, the latest series of Line of Duty. Um, And this is the police drama. I mean, it's well worth a watch. Watch, binge watch Line of Duty. I mean, it's sort of crazy. It's like... I mean, I don't. The sixth season, which I've watched, watch it. I'm not going to give anything away, and see what you think. Answers on a postcard. Hashtag line of duty, or maybe hashtag di Kate Fleming's haircuts, inspired by line of duty. Line of duty was massively popular for edge of your seat drama, but who knew it? It'll be giving us fashion inspiration too. The finale of the sixth season divided opinion. But it seems like uh, all of us are loving the hairstyle of one person in particular. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not our old friend, Hastings. The, uh, the Irish, the Irish, the Irish Lothario, you know. Jesus, mother, Jesus, mother and Mary. Jesus, mother and Mary and, uh, and the sheep. Or whatever, <laughs> whatever he's saying. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, Jesus, mother and Mary, shepherds in the stable. And also uh, the wise men and uh, the baby Jesus and uh, uh, and the star. It's all, it's all it's that sort of thing. Anyway, so they're loving the hairstyle of. Uh, it, it, forget Rachel from Friends. I know Friends are coming back into fashion. We had the Friends reunion, and we're all super excited about it. It seems that everybody is in envy over Vicky McClure's stylish hair, hairdo. It's almost a little bit of a Princess Diana going on. I wish I had Vicky McClue's hairdo, one woman tweeted. Vicky McClue, who cuts your hair? I need it, demanded another. As a short-haired person, myself, who hasn't, hasn't had, a, had the hair cut in months, uh, the envy I feel of seeing Vicky McClue's hair in Line of Duty is too much. I mean, this is the problem, you see. A lot, a lot of the people in the UK haven't been able to get their hair cut. I mean, I'm very lucky. I've been able to get the hair trimmed. Not the back hair. But the, 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 the head of hair trimmed constantly. Uh, we're lucky in, you know, in, in Colorado to have that done. Um, the Daily Record says people have been rushing to their nearest hairdressers uh, in the UK. Vicky McClure's hair is very current and what people want to do now. They connect a haircut to the person they know who is current and will show us a, f- a photograph of them on the phone. You know, it's like I used to go and show Ken Dodd's hair. Can you, you know, give me, give me either Ken Dodd or the Diddy men's hairstyle. Customers don't tend to come in anymore with a specialist hair magazine, and so I want this bob. It's definitely more about the person who they can find on the internet. And some people have just been coming in saying, uh, line of duty's Kate Fleming, and it's uh, quite sort of catwalky. It's an elegant sort of short hairstyle. And also, retailers are reporting increasing people shopping for blazers. It's a big blazer thing, isn't it? It's a princess down, I think, the blazers and the baseball hat. I mean, the baseball hat's probably more in line with you've still got the lockdown mullet or something along those lines. But the thing about Line of Duty, and if you're watching it, if you, if you tune in, 
everybody calls everybody else mate. Especially the two main characters, uh, Kate Fleming and the, uh, and the estuary sort of guy, I can't, I can't think of his name, who's actually Scottish, but he puts on an English sort of estuary accent. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a mate. What do you think, mate? Give me a call, mate. Thanks, mate. Everything's mate. And it's all that elongated mate. I mean, it's driving me up the wall. I mean, if I had a chalkboard, I'd probably need my own chalkboard to scratch my nails down every time I hear, my. So my lovely lady has recently bought a dog leash that goes around her waist and uh, a little bit more control for a large dog. I mean, Zelda is a bit of a beastie and uh, you know, trying to control her is, uh, is, is tough. I mean, like a ringmaster have, having to tame lions uh, could have problems. Uh, but but round the waist is, 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 is the key, and I think it's working out. Now, I am thinking that I should get maybe a, a duo of round the waist leashes. And I, I think if I get, I mean, I don't know if my dogs are large enough. I may need to get Zelda. I don't think George and uh, Maggie Jack are going to really do the, uh, do what I need to do in terms of a new workout strategy. And this is what I'm seeing. I mean, forget the Peloton. Get yourselves a couple of large dogs um, and with the round the waist leashes. And I think it's better than a full workout. I think it's better than doing probably a thousand sit-ups. I think it could replace the burpees and it could tighten my tummy muscles uh, by having uh, you know, a leash around them and, and, and it's almost doing an uplift. I mean, it could do wonders to any sort of uh, middle-aged spread, moobage action, uh, just by tying uh, a leash round the, round the waist and letting it do its work over the course of an hour with two rampant dogs. Now, you could, you know, you could extend this to the old string of sausages on a fishing rod and get the dogs pulling you along, lifting up that middle-aged spread as you go along, uh, as they're trying to chase the uh, the string bratwurst or maybe a Cumberland, whatever your sausage of preference is, and that's a way of getting you know getting those abs a little bit tighter, I think, without too much work. And aren't we all, all trying to do that? We're trying to uh, get more sort of ab work in with little 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 extra work. So I think two leashes around the waist. Two rampant dogs hungry for sausages and the fishing rod with the sausages on the line could be the way forward when it comes to the abdominal workout. Yes, yeah, so we don't often uh, take uh, advice columns here, uh, but um, uh, we'll get to the tagline in a minute. A little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of mansplaining here coming up, and I try not to sort of mansplain. Uh, but anyway, th th this has come off the wires. Somebody sent me this a few minutes ago. And uh, here we go. Dear John, I hope you can help me. The other day I set off for work, leaving my husband in the house watching TV. My car stalled and then it broke down about a mile down the road. And I had to walk back to get my husband's help. When I got home, I couldn't believe his eyes. He was in our bedroom with the neighbor's daughter. I'm 32, my husband's 34, and the neighbor's daughter's 19. We'd been married for 10 years. And when I confronted him, he broke down and admitted they'd been having an affair for the last six months. You won't go to counselling and I'm afraid I'm a wreck and need advice urgently. Can you please help Sheila? And this is the agony Uncle John. The uncle, the gunkle, the funkle, John. 
Dear Sheila, a car stalling after being driven a short distance can be caused by a variety of faults with the engine. Start by checking that there is no debris in the fuel line. If that's clear, check the vacuum pipes and hoses on the intake manifold and also check all grounding wires. If none of these approaches solves the problem, it could be the fuel pump itself, faulty, causing low delivery pressure in the injectors. Hope this helps. Uncle John. Why men shouldn't write advice columns. Though, and a further punchline to the uh, former Agony Uncle story, I bet she wouldn't want his greasy hands on her hood or her hands on his shaft anymore. Okay, we're trying to stop Oliver the gardener who's currently, uh, you know, doing all and sundry in the garden. You know, he, 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 he's flushing the gullies. He's uh, sowing the seeds of love. I mean, who knows what he's doing? We need to find him a lovely little housewife, a Lady Chatterley, for Oliver, uh, before Sir Clifford gets home. So, anyway, this is, we're trying to, this is how we're getting out of the barking black hole. Excerpts from Lady Chatterley's lover. D.H. Lawrence. He glanced apprehensively at her. Her face was averted. She was crying blindly in all the anguish of her generation's forlornness. His heart melted suddenly like a drop of fire, and he put out his hand and laid his fingers on her knee. So we're getting to short season. Now, I know a lot of men out there wear those baggy type of cargo shorts that are so baggy, there's no shape to them. They hang down to their knees. And, uh, and I mean, they look like clown shorts, basically. If you had clown trousers or clown pants and cut them off, that basically would be the, uh, the, most men's shorts. I mean, what happened to the, uh, you know, the, the tight sort of beyond board McEnroe shorts? I know we talked about this before. So I'm not, yeah, not keen on the shorts. My, le- le- my legs look as white as an iceberg at the moment. So not particularly appealing. So I've come up with a solution, I think, for the summer. Instead of uh, shorts, I'm going to be wearing a very thin, uh, thin and slender uh, dressing gown. A dressing gown for the whole summer. I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to wear the, the dressing gown. Lightly tied. And, uh, I mean, it covers all the, sh- you know, any, any bunions or uh, varicose veins or anything like that. A, uh, a, a, maybe a silk or probably a cotton, I think I'm going to do cotton, and you'll hear why in a minute, uh, dressing gown. And the dressing gown uh, will uh, hide all ills, uh, but also at the beginning of the day, you could have a cold bath or a hot bath and get in there with the dressing gown on, and you'd be soaking wet. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be a, you know, like a wet dog with a dressing gown. It would stick to you and everything else. But through the course of the day, that wet, cold dressing gown would keep you cool and probably avoid any sort of uh, air conditioning bills. You wouldn't have to turn the air conditioning on. So a wet cotton dressing gown hides all the ills of, of, of a misshaped leg, and it keeps you cool through the summertime. I think that's the way forward when we're getting all hot and bothered in this steamy summertime. And here we have another historical Tinder competition. We take some of the rogues in history and we decide whether they should be swipe right or swipe left. Um, and here's a beauty today. We have Christian VII of Denmark's obsession with his own penis, worried his doctors, and was just one of the reasons why he wasn't allowed to wield any power, uh, let alone wield his 
penis. Uh, King Christian VII of Denmark is a regular feature on lists of historical maddest monarchs, and for good reason. According to Christian's biographers, the future king showed an unhealthy obsession with masturbation from an early age. His guardians and his doctors were troubled, especially as he got older. And then uh, he was crowned uh, king, of he king of Denmark, crowned put on his head uh, in 1766. The head physician, I mean, not his head physician, but the head physician to the court uh, explicitly warned uh, Christian that if he didn't curb his own self-loving obsession he risked not only uh, not only the crown but not being able to father children and it might make him blind as well uh, when Christian was married to his 15 year old cousin Caroline Matilda he showed no interest in his young wife indeed he remarked that it was unfashionable to love one's wife instead he carried on pleasuring himself and frequenting the brothels of Copenhagen they say wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen, wonderful Hogan Hagen. By 1772, the rest of the royals had had enough. His half-brother was appointed regent of Denmark, with Christian's own son uh, taking over two years later. Unlike his father, the new regent showed no obsession with his own penis, nor did he inherit his old man's uh, habit of slapping his old man or his old boy, uh, visiting uh, degenerates uh, around the face or leapfrogging over bowing courtiers to get back to his uh, pleasure dome, so to speak. Oh dear, Christian, uh, it's, what a what a dilemma. So there we go. There's our historical uh, tender, uh, Christian of Denmark, and uh, you know, swipe left or swipe right, but certainly a, a little bit of this going on. And then this. So if you haven't listened to it, uh, wonderful album uh, by Marvin Gaye. And it's the 50th anniversary this year of What's Going On. Yes, we have some more suburban crimes this week. And we have some uh, green-fingered crimes this week on, uh, on our suburban crime section of the podcast. Help, why is my plant dying? Does anybody know why this plant is dying? I was leaving it outside when we had the gloomy rainy weather to help it. Does it need more water, too much sun or too little? I repotted it into something bigger to see if that helped. And uh, we have the responses. Uh, we're going to have the responses uh, by, uh, uh, by Percy Grower. I've had success uh, bringing my plants back when I water them with uh, banana water. And you can Google that. If it's a juniper, hard to tell from the picture... It needs minimal water and prefers to live outside. Even in the winter, try putting it in a semi, if not too sunny location. You just have to mulch the soil. You have to mulch that soil. This is what my plant app says. I think a bigger pot would help. It would definitely help. But remember, terracotta pots need to be watered more typically. Also, uh, try bottom watering. So a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of bottled water in And next, free rhubarb. Sorry, it's all gone. The crime being not su not growing enough rhubarb. If anybody wants some, we'll grow some more. We'll cut it and leave it on the porch next time. I'd lovely, love to get some rhubarb and some taste some of your rhubarb. It looks wonderful. May I please have some rhubarb? I'd love to make some rhubarb bars. Rhubarb is amazing, and it takes three years to grow. I remember. Uh, trying it from a farm uh, many years ago it's tart 
but I'd love to make some rhubarb pies and a little bit of a rhubarb crisp maybe too. Grow some more rhubarb, Matt, in the neighbourhood. And also we have a missing turtle. Spotted in the neighbourhood. It went missing last week. And the little poor hard-shelled friend is lost with no friends. We need to find Mr. and Mrs. Turtle and reunite baby turtle. Over the course of the next couple of weeks. It's running right in the creek and needs some hard-shelled turtle friends. Okay, so snoring slugs and sarcoptic man, is it safe for cats and dogs to sleep on our beds? Dogs can carry bacteria and parasites while cats can uh, smuggling gory presents. So is it best to lock them out of the bedroom? Vomiting on the bed, snoring, the shedding of hair, stealing of sheets, the passing of wind, nighttime face licking. Sounds like your uh, normal bedtime partner. Uh, a higher than average chance of uh, uh, catching uh, sarcoptic mange. If I could sit on my dog down and quietly explain the risks associated with him sharing the bed with us, this isn't the list that I read to him. But uh, would he or wouldn't he listen? So uh, Jules Howard uh, in The Guardian wrote this uh, about her young lurcher Oz, uh, would only uh, warmly reimagine the scene that he recently saw. When it was her birthday, the family would uh, come upstairs on the bed to wake, wake her up, and then for the first time, uh, the dog went to upstairs land, whittled with joy. <laughs> this uh, single momentous event started a great debate in the household. Uh, isn't it time we let uh, Oz upstairs more often? What's so bad about him sleeping upstairs? He's encroached on every other part of our lives. Not, why not this one too? But like many pet owners, uh, Jules is torn. Doesn't uh, sleeping with the dogs give them bad habits? Might it spoil the dog? Might it catch some god-awful disease? Early in the, uh, early in the argument against co-sleeping with pets was about the effect it had on the human sex lives. In the 18th century, for instance, when the keeping of lap dogs by women became increasingly fashionable, popular satires depicted as a threat to bedroom order. In such satires, the husband feels the dog on the bed is denying him uh, what should be his right, his wife's company and attention, therefore the sexual gratification she should be providing. According to the dog historian vet Alison Skipper, the arguments changed in the centuries that followed. By the 19th century, keeping dogs off the bed became the pet's owner's duty to the dog. The idea was that the outdoor kennel was far better for the dog's health than being choked by a coal fire in the stuffy bedroom. But also the, the diseases, superbug strains, uh, streptococcus, uh, parasitic infections of mites, ticks, gutworms, all of that uh, may also be brought into the bedroom. Um, so the simple truth, does this hold any weight? The idea that man's best friend is waiting for its moment to gain top dog status turned out to be uh, built on some pretty shaky scientific foundations. They have bacteria, parasites that can do us harm, but the risk is very, very low. You could argue that being exposed to some of these organisms might actually do you some good. So if you keep up with the flea treatment uh, and worming, uh, you'll be good to go. Uh, most vets wouldn't recommend uh, dogs being next to children, though. Uh, and also a distinct lack of talk about cats, but they can bring mice, rats, voles, who knows what else into the, uh, into the bedroom. Um, but according to numerous studies, about 50% of dog owners decide they can live 
without such drawbacks and uh, and also co-sleep with the dogs. Uh, it keeps them from being agitated. Uh, and then, you know, in this article uh, with the lurch, Oz, uh, Oz is a very good boy. He doesn't whine. Uh, he, he chews on his uh, Kong puppy toys rather than my slippers. Uh, and then at night, uh, before shutting the kitchen door and going upstairs, he would flop on the bed. Uh, and then he f- waits when the time is right. And uh, Jules gives way, lets the dog upstairs. And uh, they know the risks of uh, the dog sleeping on the bed. And then the dog uh, walks up the pearly stair gate to upstairs land and uh, relaxes and sleeps with the owner. And welcome to Trump or Trombone. So we take some of the uh, probably dodgiest headlines of the week and decide if it's going to be a Trump or Trombone, a raspy Trombone or a Trump. Anyway, cyborg limbs close to reality as humans given robot thumb and they can't tell the fingers apart. Given human cyborg limbs could cause brain damage, British scientists have warned. A world a first world study saw volunteers control a robotic third thumb controlled by their big toes. The pioneering battery power design allows you to text fast to perform card tricks and play impossible card tools. Uh, but scans suggest wearers adapted to it Uh, It may naturally weaken our brains and our ability to tell our fingers apart. Humans have long been fascinated by the opportunities afforded through augmentation. This vision does not only depend on technological innovations, but it critically relies on our brain's ability to learn, adapt and interfere with augmentation devices. Well, if you had a cyborg thumb, would you really want to pull your thumb out? It might be bloody painful. And sea beast with angelic wings washes up on a beach, leaving walkers stunned. Kenny Harris stumbled across a gargoyle-like creature while visiting North Carolina's Outer Banks with his family. He's never seen anything like this before. Uh, He encountered the gargoyle-like creature, and he said, I went out for a morning walk alone, and from a distance I saw something in the sand. As I got closer, I saw this dead fish that looked like some scary sea creature. I thought it had wings. It looked like a gargoyle. I'm from West Virginia and I visit the Outer Banks twice a year, but I've never seen anything like this before. It's apparently, uh, it's, some say the creature was a, a myth, mythical uh, uh, chukubra. Uh, others say a bat-fish hybrid uh, could, be, uh, could be the issue here and could be the um, identification. Um, but, uh, but one wonders now that it seems that uh, it's grounded and uh, now rather a landlubber. One hopes that uh, the angel breath is rather better than fish breath. And an Aussie bloke made a blunder when posting an ad to sell his car, as he appeared to be advertising a very different product indeed. The man who put up some images of quality-looking 2011 Nissan Navara, uh, but on one Twitter user scrolled through the gallery of 40 pictures of the ute, and they spotted at least two penis pictures. The man from New South Wales then had his not-suitable-for-work images put on a blast after a Twitter user, Brown Cardigan 69 discovered them and posted on the screen recording with the caption, You lookin'. Hopefully adds in the tagline with the advertisement, Only one owner. Okay, I think our uh, our kryptonite has, uh, has kept Oliver away from making my dogs go crazy during the course of the podcast so thank you very much uh thank you very much for keeping uh, oliver the gardener away i think he did find his lady shatterly 
And again, as I said, we're trying to keep the asteroid that is Oliver from hitting this podcast today and making my dogs go nuts and bark. So we've been reading out little pieces of the consummation scene uh, from uh, Lady Shatley's lover. And here we go. He laid his hand on her shoulder and softly, gently, it began to travel down the curve of her back, blindly with a blind stroking motion to the curve of her crouching loins, and then his hand softly, softly stroked the curve of her flank. I mean, it makes it sound like a piece of steak or something. Okay, so welcome to the uh, new Wider Woke Club. And... uh, Today's a little uh, little session on the Wider Woke Club and our uh, our new entry into the Wider Woke Club this week, where we look at some of the most wokest moments of the week, uh, is the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle movie. Uh, people are getting their thoughts after their first glimpse of the teaser pics. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle lies uh, something like a movie, so no wonder that somebody's actually decided to turn it into a film. But the first look are photos of actors Jordan Dean and Sidney Morton as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan, Escaping the Palace, were released. People had the thought. So it's actually called Escaping the Palace. Uh, so uh, here's the promo pic. Um, and they claim the two actors look nothing like uh, Harry and Meghan. Well, they got the colour hair right, so there's that, one person wrote. Another tweeted, you must be joking, really. They don't even come close. Despite the mixed reactions of the first look picture, Sydney, who plays Megan, dubbed the film as a wild ride. Much like the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's uh, ride over the last year or so. Um, and then uh, the other actor said it's the stuff of literal dreams. I mean, we, we saw this, uh, I saw this picture the other day, and I thought, what I mean, it has to be part of the uh, the uh, the wider woke club, the new wider woke club, and uh, they found a generic redhead. He's slightly more buff and uh, and younger, and a young lady uh, who's probably not quite as pretty as Megan. I think Megan did intervene and requested a slightly plain Jane understudy. I think that's what happened. So the new uh, the new royal franchise, escaping the palace, Harry and Megan is the latest entry into the wider woke club. So we're reopening the Anglo-Antique Arc, a former feature on the show. And uh, we're looking, we love to look at foods, bygone foods, basically. Uh, was there ever anything that made you feel as sophisticated as offering around a packet of after eights once a meal was over? Obviously, I mean a meal where people outside your immediate family were invited. After eights were far too posh to just have as your usual everyday tea. In the 1980s, placing a box of thin little mint chocolates in their own individual wrappers on the dining table was the epitome of successful living. And was also good to have your own private bet over which of your relatives would come up with a joke, after eights is only, uh, is only 7.35. Anyway, gracing dinner tables up and down the country since 1962, that was a thirst advertisement for Roundtree's After Eights. Uh, they were originally produced by the Roundtree factory in York, uh, a master confectioner. Uh, Brian Shollett, who worked on the cream experimenta- experimentation department, I'd love to be part of that. Uh, and Roundtree's was given the mission of coming up with a new peppermint fondant chocolate 
that would have to be kept secret. Even today, nobody outside the after eight making process knows how rich dark chocolate encases a peppermint center stops the fondant from seeping out. Uh, on it's only on the only only way out. Not exactly the plotline of a thriller movie, but a perplexing brain teaser nonetheless. Slot uh, worked on many of the favorite chocolate bars uh, during his time, including Matchmakers, Lion Bars, Yorkies, and Black Magic. Um, but uh, his fondest of all was the After Eights. Even though he retired at this point, he took it on himself to create a three kilo After Eight for the uh, 50th anniversary in 2012. So one billion wafer thin. A wafer thin, a wafer thin, as in uh, the uh, Monty Python Chris uh, sket, after eights are, are made every year. And uh, they are sold in more than 50 countries around the world. Nestle say that on its website that the sales data from 2012 show that out of every two mint chocolates, uh, savoured one after eight, uh, making the leading mint chocolate brand in the entire world. Um, but the after eight range had been added to over the years. Uh, you had the dark and white mint chocolates, the after eight bite size, uh, and also the uh, catering pack as well, uh, alongside the classic carton. Nestle has also occasionally produced a limited edition such as mint and blood orange after eights and the after eight biscuit in the milk chocolate version. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Lovely having you here as always. And we have another episode tomorrow where a lot of the features that we mentioned at the top of the show may be, may be featured or maybe not. That's part of the lucky dip that is Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. This is episode 88. We've kept Oliver at bay. The dogs haven't gone rampant. They haven't become the Hound of the Baskervilles and uh, tried to maul Oliver the Gardener, uh, also uh, not interrupting the podcast. So we've done very, very well there. Very, 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 very well indeed. Uh, so, of course, I'm across all platforms, at Keep Cheese on Twitter, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram, if you want to tune in and uh, and uh, see what's going on, basically, in uh, Chappie land. And, uh, and there we go. So we have um, the audio version and we have the uh, musical edition, uh, the musical chairs version on Spotify, uh, where we have such, a, such wonderful tunes as uh, Vampire Weekend, Pete Heller, Aerosmith, Missy Elliott, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Mock Turtles, Reef, uh, U2, Cure. I mean, so many. It's absolutely packed to the rafters this week. Uh, or you can just listen to my dulcet tones and uh, be trying to keep the... Uh, the evil force of Oliver the Gardener away from the podcast this week. So there we go, people, and we're going to end with our customary poem. Houseman, the loveliest of trees. Loveliest of trees, the cherry now is hung with bloom along the bough and stands about the woodland ride wearing white for Eastertide. Now of my threescore years and ten, twenty will not come again, and take from seventy springs a score, it only leaves me fifty more. And since to look at things in bloom, fifty springs a little room, about the woodland I will go to see the cherry hung with snow. Cheers for listening to the podcast. I'll be back again tomorrow. And uh, from Chappie, it's out, and cheerio.